It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com you're listening to the cricket podcast i think it was a disgraceful performance and i think it should never be permitted to happen again that is very good Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast where we will be reviewing the action from the second ODI between India and England. A game that will live long in the memory for some awesome Indian hitting and then whatever the upgraded word of awesome is for England. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm Jack Hope and to go over everything, to so go over the, the millions of sixes we saw, uh, I'm here with Ross Leck. How are you doing, Ross? Uh, I'm mighty fine, thanks, mate. And uh, I just want to say thank you very much to all of our Indian listeners who are coming back to uh, this because uh, um, it was a, it was a blasting, wasn't it? Really. So um, congratulations for coming back and enjoying the rest of this show. Uh, so that'll be all ten Indian listeners who uh, who come yeah. back after the last one. I'm looking forward to seeing the spike now as everyone just drops <laughs> off after yeah. that. And Max Roy Brown, how are you doing, Max? Yeah, very well, and in, enjoyed enjoyed the day's cricket. Ross, before we get in to the dice cricket mm -hmm. have you got any messages for uh our remaining listeners yep uh, you should definitely hit like on this uh, on this video even if you don't like the context of uh, india losing please like the video um and don't worry subscribe because india more than likely gonna win on sunday so you'll be back anyway <laughs> so uh um, it'll be absolutely fine um, and all other podcast platforms uh, please follow and subscribe and then um follow us at the cricket pod on twitter and instagram that's all good and, and hit the bell thing apparently it's the uh, it's the it's the YouTube another YouTuber said that. So what, what does that do? Uh, I think it brings pop up notification, something like that. Um, anyway, if you if you know, tell us in the comments. Uh, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you click click it and find out, and then you can let us know. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very um, good. Max Roy Brown, can you recap today's uh, display of power for us? Yes, indeed. Um, so the second game, the first two first two thirds of this game uh, were almost a carbon copy of the first match, in a way. Uh, India steadily built a platform, but this time it was uh, KL Rahul who was the main man with a, an excellent century, and again 
uh, Virat Kohli scored uh, a nice 60 odd without uh, without troubling the century column once more. Um, and then Rishabh Pant came in and used all of his experience of all-you-can-eat buffets to tuck into the array of pies being served up by England's bowlers and um, promptly propelled India to 336 for six. With uh, it was it was an immense immense display of hitting and uh, also. Uh, a cameo from Hardik Pandya uh, alongside him. And then in reply, much like last time out, England started very strongly and found themselves on top. But this is where it started to diverge, because instead of completely blowing it, although they sort of tried to for a little bit, um, England carried on where they'd started. Uh, Bairstow blasted himself to a tonne. And um, Ben Stokes enjoyed an even bigger buffet than Rishabh Pant and in a 15-minute blitz of sixes ultimately ended the game as a contest before Livingston saw England home on his debut. Yeah, so there were lots of sixes, but they didn't come right away, did they? Um, The Indian innings was... Uh, slightly more traditional in it in its makeup. It, it featured Kohli and KL Rahul uh, going along at a reasonable rate to set a platform. Uh, Ross, you have had a go at KL Rahul more than once on this mm-hmm. podcast. What did you make of his innings today, though? Surely, surely you enjoyed some of that. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it's good, right? When you've got fifty overs to bat. Great, you can you can take as much time as uh, Kale Rahul actually wants because I think he's got all of the makings of a really good player and he's got a good record anyway. Um, it's just my criticisms only ever come in T Twenty cricket, uh, which I think is completely justified based upon what we've talked about before. Um, I think what's interesting um, for Kale Rahul is with Pant coming back into the side, he obviously lost the gloves here, so there, it was a it was a statement I think from from Rahul to kind of turn around and go, actually, look, I'm still good enough, I still deserve to be in this squad, um, and he and he clearly is. So uh, well batted, Rahul. Yeah, it was pretty well batted. Um, Coley, what did he end up on? Sixty six. Um, yeah, sixty six from seventy nine balls. How long is it since Coley last hit a century? Um, you have to go all the way back to uh, the 23rd of November 2019. So uh, if you think kind of before the world got screwed by the COVID pandemic was the last time that Kohli um, <laughs> managed to hit a century. Uh, that's uh, 489 days, I think it is. So um, a lot of stuff, I mean, even I've got a century more recently than Virat <laughs> Kohli. So I'm not sure if that makes me better than Kohli, but I mean, it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. Oh, so, dro- so drop him then, yeah, because that's that's rubbish, right? He's obviously, he, well, no, I mean, he's he's obviously been scoring runs in that time and affecting matches. Uh, he looked good in a couple of the T Twenty matches. I mean, we criticise his approach sometimes, but there's no doubt he's like in a in a field of one in terms of players who are elite across all formats or at least very good across all formats. But this century thing is like weird, isn't it? 489 days is a really long time. That's one global pandemic um, so so far for Cody. Max, do you think this is mental or do you think it's luck or do you think Cody's just bad now? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think there's uh, too much to read into it, to be honest, because, I mean, throughout this period where he's not scored a century, he is still regularly scoring a decent number of runs it's not like he's failing all the time he's still putting putting decent ish innings together just not not converting uh joe root had a, a similar period where he wasn't converting his uh, 50s into 100s and he overcame that 
pretty uh, emphatically this winter. And also, you have to remember, a lot of people have put together a lot of statistics over the last like year and a half. It's like, oh, this hasn't happened for a year. It's like, yeah, no one played cricket for about eight months because the world was in a global pandemic. So using <laughs> using time as a measure of these things at the current state of the world is probably not an accurate reflection. So I think there may be a little bit of uh, a bit of that going on, too. I'm sure that we'll get the full display of Coley on tour in England later this year as he Probably, makes well, up for, for lost time. Or, or on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or possibly on Sunday, yeah. Um, yeah but the thing is, on, on that Coley point, he has looked supreme at the crease, right? In the last two two ODIs, he didn't look like getting out at all. Like he, I think today there was like a missed, or a tough chance from Josh Butler, who had a terrible day standing in as England captain uh, other than the win. But I think... Um, Cody just looks like he's, as you say, playing playing a different game to everybody else, but then just throws it away randomly. So, yeah, not entirely sure what's going on there. Um, and the least surprising news is that Max is a Cody sympathiser. Really would be. Um, what? What? <laughs> Before we get on to the, to the good stuff here, um, and maybe this is maybe maybe we should sort of turn some attention to Cody from a negative perspective or a slightly negative perspective, and maybe even KL Rahul. Um, because, what, 30, 35 overs into India's innings, they didn't really look like they were going anywhere. They looked a bit ponderous. And I think, like, ultimately, the the result, um, if you if you want to look for, for the cause of of the India loss, I think you could possibly lay it at the feet of the, the maybe slightly sluggish start. I don't know about either of you. Um, Max, I mean, it, it wasn't a bad innings necessarily but up to 35 overs it wasn't particularly explosive either was it no it's it's this sort of it's kind of this you said traditional uh way that india have been playing odis so far in the series and 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 recently it's um it's an odd one because i mean last time out it didn't matter did it because you know england's methods whatever whatever happened it all fell apart and uh and it didn't work even though england should have won that game and today we saw what happens when England get it right, and I would say the reason India didn't win is because they didn't put enough runs on the board. Like it was a good pitch, and you're playing against a team like England, who you know can, like three a chase of three thirty for England is not that challenging these days. It's it's something you look at it and you say, well, yeah, they can they can do that on. They a, probably get it sixty or seventy percent of the time, don't they? Yeah, like they're more uh, likely uh, to win than not on that pitch. Yeah, um, with that on a team. good pitch as well. Yeah, so I think you have to you have to look at it and think about what total you want to post. And India seem to have this approach where they just flick a switch at about forty overs and then instantly start smacking the ball around. And you're just like, well, why don't you just flick that switch five overs earlier and get an extra forty runs, fifty runs? And then England's little wobble in the middle suddenly looks like a, a bit more of a problem when you've got to chase another eighty instead of chasing another forty. So I. I, I, and we we know they can do it as well. We've seen it in the T20s, and we saw it in the last game that Kale Rahul changed yeah you know, changed up a gear. And I just think do it earlier. I, if you want to play that way of the steady base, then fine. But you have to think about starting a bit earlier, especially when you've got nine wickets in hand. Well, I think there are a couple of things in in in, in play here that they, that really logically don't make sense. One, their power play today was genuinely bad. Like in terms of intent during the actual easiest part of the game to score runs was was really like quite weak. Um, they only hit four boundaries and two of them were outside edges that went past the slips. 
So, I mean, you've got 60 balls there. That's it, 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 in limited overs cricket. The boundary count matters so much. It's the the bound winning the boundary battle is really how you win cricket matches. So when you're when you're bowling, it's all about. And that's how why you can... it makes it a very fair way to decide a World Cup final. We should, we <laughs> no, should ex- exactly, Max. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, they should not even have the score. It should just be boundaries. Um, only scoring, only hitting two boundaries, and 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 sort of edging your way to another couple is, you know, that's fundamentally bad, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, I think. Um... What we've seen is that they do, Max, you mentioned it just a second ago, they have the the firepower to do it. England bowling unit, you had Reese Topley and Sam Curran opening up for the first six overs. Like, regardless of, like, they're good, they're much better cricketers than any of us on this podcast will ever oh, be. Oh, really? <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> but in terms of, in terms of, like, international, it's not like Mitchell Stark is coming in, is it, and kind of bowling Yorkers at 94 miles an hour. Um, I just don't think that they took advantage of that. And Shikhar Darwan and Rohit Sharma are both good enough to put Sam Curran and Reese Topley around the park. Um, I think it was it's that approach that kind of boxes them in here. And I completely agree with you, Jack, that... The, the pitch was an absolute belter to bat on today, which you could just see the ball was just coming through so nicely. It was probably closer to a 400 pitch. Like India mm. had the ability and the players to get up to 400, but their aptitude and their application let them down here. Yeah, I think the other thing to factor in, in, in terms of how easy or not easy it is to score runs at different points of the innings, is that after the first power play, there's another 30 overs where there's only there are only four fielders on the boundary before it becomes five near the end. When you're, when you're sort of one or two wickets down at 20, 25 overs, you've got to be thinking, we can really make the most of 15 yeah. overs of, of of time here. And it... I don't know. I mean, like obviously the traditional approach is to lay your platform and then do your thing after that. But it doesn't actually matter when you score the runs in the innings. If you if you run out of steam a little bit towards the end because you're seven down in the, in the 45th over, it, 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 but you have 350 on the board at that point, you know, you've kind of done your job and everything else is a mm. bonus, even if you get bowled out at that point. The 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 Indian approach, the way I think that you can you can criticise it pretty easily, but or, or versus that other idea, because you don't have those runs in the bank. You might have the platform, but then the platform isn't runs. Um, and I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about how that clashes with the the England style of batting. Uh, and it, and it's not it's not as as clear as saying A is better and B is worse. Although I think you could, you, the, that's the argument I would make. We'll talk about that a bit later. Before we get to that, though, we do we need to we need to have a real good chat. I think about Rishabh Pant um, and and his antics today, don't we, Ross? Uh, the, the guy is just supreme. There's, he's the most exciting batsman in the world at the moment. Every time he comes to the crease, it's just exciting. Um, I was surprised not to see him in the first game, but I'm guessing he was rested in the in the first ODI. Like the guy's on a clearly hot streak of form. He loves taking on the England bowlers, and there's just it's just no fear. the 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 fact that he can hit that it's like he's almost got he's got the reverse paddle, which is becoming his trademark shot, but also the one handed kind of like <laughs> slog sweep down the ground, and it's just brilliant to watch. Um, and I I couldn't speak more highly of that player right now. Uh, Max, could you speak speak more highly of um of Pant? Oh, it was quite the eulogy, wasn't it? Um, no, I, I, I think he was, he was brilliant, and as you say, he's playing so well at the moment, and you just gotta, why, yeah, enjoy it while it's happening, make the most out of it, and just play him, play him every time. Don't rest him, just, just watch him go, wind him up, and let him go. 
Yes. Uh, and Hardik Panja as well. Also, you know, showed off his skills against some of the, the more average England yeah. bowling. <laughs> that was that was a, a classic bit of, of Hardik, wasn't it? 35 or 16, that is exactly the kind of thing that he is in there for. Just really um, making the most of those last few overs. And yeah, that's, uh, it, that's it, when, when you've got that there as as a backup... It's it's really nice, and also maybe affords you going a bit sooner. Yeah, I mean, I mean his technique is just brilliant, isn't it? Right. So he's not he's not a massive bloke. And they said on um, the Rob Key was talking about T Twenty cricket on the commentary. He's like he's not like Kieran Pollard, who's just all beef. And I'm just <laughs> like Rob Key, what are you talking about here? And like, like uh, Pandya is just supreme, and the, the way in which Stuart Broad of all people was talking about how still his head is and how well he times the ball. Like, uh, Max, I couldn't agree more. That's superb innings from him. Uh, trust Rob Key to bring beef into a broadcast on Indian cricket as well. Like, well done, well done, Rob. <laughs> um, England's bowling, that was a bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it? Um, not not you even a mixed bag, mate. You've mentioned Topley and Sam Curran. They actually have probably come out of this, this innings with a little bit of Looking credit. pretty good, don't um, they? Top, Topley yeah. wasn't, wasn't dreadful at all, I didn't think. Um, the, the, the backup seamers, though, you've got to wonder... How long Tom Curran has got left in the team, don't you, Ross? Well, Jack, um, we joined a podcast not too uh, recently, and you talked about how, as a four-year-old, you used to experiment by putting mud and water in a bucket and see what would come come of it. But at four, you realised, oh, actually, nothing really comes of it. England are seemingly trying to put mud and water in a bucket and create something better than Tom Curran. And um, it's just not happening. The guy went for 83 off of 10 overs. He picked up two wickets, but... But I don't understand what, what he's doing in the team. Like he turns up looking like a Steven Seagal lookalike with the worst kind of thing going on, and I'm just like, nobody other than Tom Curran must think he's any good, other than some some of the people who decide to pay him loads of money for the IPL. Like I just don't compute what is going through the England team selection mind there. There are better options available than Tom Curran. Yeah, I'd, I I would echo. That sentiment. <laughs> Going into today, he had one wicket in nine ODIs. Um, if you were an international selector, Max, would, what would your cutoff be? In, in nine games, how many wickets do you want for them, the player to stay inside? Uh, <laughs> maybe nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least one a game, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, that's, not, that's not a good record. Uh, if the economy rate backs it up and you're like, okay fine you're not taking any wickets but also you're not going at more than six and over then maybe i yeah maybe you could put an argument forward that he keeps it tight and the, the wickets are going elsewhere but we we know that's not the case so yeah um yeah I, I i think probably in the summer we will be seeing some new options i think it's interesting with him just just to to round off because it's, it's i mean it's easy to see that what's working for him isn't working but the, the why it isn't working is uh, probably a more interesting question. And, and my hypothesis on that would, would basically be that he can't bowl quick enough to get people to not sit on his slower deliveries. So if you take, even take someone like Chris Jordan who gets hit around a little bit, he can bowl 90 miles an hour. So that makes it a little bit harder to just wait for slower deliveries, knowing that you'll be able to react to to the quicker ball. So I I think Tom Curran's like upper speed, what is it, about 85? If that. Yeah, it it means that the batters can can sit deep in their crease, wait for the ball, 
And if it comes a little bit quicker, it's not actually coming that much quicker. I mean, 85 miles an hour for for somebody who has recently been facing Joffrey Archer and Mark Wood. <laughs> it's it's a it's a huge huge decrease in speed at, at that level of the game. And so I just think. You know, regardless of the variations he has, which is why they're picking him. They're picking him because they're like, this guy can build different slower balls and they're disguised and he can locate where those slower balls are. He's reasonably disciplined, doesn't bowl too many wides. On paper, he's got some of the skills. But if at the top, top level of the game, if you can't put batters off, off, or, or you can't unbalance them by giving them a situation where they're not sure how quick the ball's going to come and, and, and that difference in, in when the ball arrives is a, it means that the shot will be miscued, then they, they don't have to worry um, about what you deliver. And you, you just become cannon fodder once mm. anyone, everyone in the world seen a little bit of video of you. And I think that's sort of what's happened with him. Initially, not the world's worst bowler, but everyone has seen the Tom Curran offer and they just know, like, top speed, 85 miles an hour, deep in your crease, probably going to bang a few in. Arguably the uh, arguably the seamers equivalent to Kuldeep Yadav. It isn't it isn't a dissimilar situation, and we'll talk about Kuldeep in the England innings. Um, I do think last thing though, um, we should probably mention that the England spinners were decent. Um, so combined figures of one for one one for one hundred and three of twenty overs. Uh, what does that work out at? Uh, is that five-ish and over five, with five the wicket? And over, yeah. yeah, so it's not not the greatest average, but in a game of three thirty, three thirty-five plays three thirty-five, I'm I'm taking that all day long, aren't you, Max? Yeah, uh, I think possibly there might be a case to say that they benefited from India's approach. So obviously the spin happened majority of the middle overs, and uh, it will have coincided with a bit of milking from Kohli and Rahul, and there's you could make the argument that. <clears throat> They are. There are times we've seen it before that India decides to actually we're going to go after England spinners. So why not do that in the same way that Stokes did today with India's spinners? But cer- certainly, yeah. I mean, if you can keep it that tight, then it really does. Especially in a game where you're looking at you know three eighty four hundred would be at, not beyond the realms of possibility. Anything, anything to just keep that rate a bit further down is definitely a bonus. So, yeah, positive in the end for for those two. Um, were you surprised that Livingston didn't get get a go at all today, given that though that Rashid and Ali had kept it fairly tight? I actually think Joss Butler had a bit of a shocker today. I think leaving uh, Reese Topley with two in the bank at the end. Oh, when... that was that was madness. Um, not, oh. And then I, think, uh, I agree with you, Max. I think the spinners, you, the time in the game and when you play them, but you can always sneak a couple of overs in. Like Ben Stokes has gone for eight and over. Tom Curran's gone for over eight and over. Um, Moeen, I thought, actually did really well. Um, and after, he's well, not bounced back. It wasn't that bad. But it, from the last ODR, he was pretty terrible. I think he went at nines and over. So, um, yeah, I was surprised, Max, not to see Livingston at least tw- turn his arm over once, once or twice. Shall we flip innings? Because we, we've taken a lot of time to talk about India getting up to 336. And to be fair, a lot happened. Um, it was quite... <laughs> quite. It was, these ODIs have been a bit more interesting than I thought they would be. Let's get into the good stuff from the perspective of our England fans and the bit of the show you're going to hate if you're Indian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> England's opening pair. Let's start with them, Ross. Are they the best in the world? And, and how good were they today? Uh, yes, I think is the answer for me. In terms of ODI cricket, I think they are just they're just brutal, right? And that, Jack, you talked about how India used the power play early on. 
how England used the power play is completely different. And I thought India bowled pretty well in that kind of scenario, but they are still smashing it all to all parts. And they just know how to um, kind of bat with each other. And I think that was, we talked about Root and how one, when one of them gets out, they make sure the momentum continues with whoever's in. But these two just seem to feed off each other, right? And I think the run out was hilarious because <laughs> they, like, it was completely, it was completely avoidable, right? It was like a, it was a Pakistani international cricket team run out. That's what it, I mean, it was. It was a phenomenal oh, bit on. of fielding. <laughs> yeah. Rohit Sharma. I didn't realize he had that in the locker, but yeah, absolutely brilliant bit of fielding. But uh, Jason Roy was kind of looked like he was annoyed at Bearstow, but he, he, that was his fault. He, he was the one who stopped midway. If he would have got there, he would have been absolutely fine. I really enjoyed the bat launch as well. You don't see that yeah. very often. Mostly people don't throw their bats really high in the air. But, um... but yeah, Jack, coming back to the point, the, the, the just the supreme hitting of both of them. And Bearstow looks after the test matches, which he was horrid in. He looks like he's playing a completely different game here, and looks like he's above everybody else. Like the form that he's in, and just the was it the check drive that he's now was added to the armory that just flies for six you just yeah it's, it's pretty intimidating for anyone to kind of come and bowl at i i on days like this i fully understand why people give him another go in the test matches even though i even though like tomorrow i'll rationalize it and i'll be like no it's a different game right now i'm like oh come on like that guy's so good i mean max you must be looking at that and thinking how has he not how has he not cracked all cricket could could you imagine if he came in at number six when England were what two hundred for th- oh, two hundred yeah. fifty for four on top just to take the game away from the other team? Yeah, <laughs> don't don't fall into the trap. I, I, yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? Some players, uh, when it comes to the red ball and the white, I don't know maybe maybe they see the white ball better than the red ball. Who knows? Maybe they're colorblind. Yeah, maybe. but it's just um, it's it's one of those things, and we we should appreciate that Johnny Bairstow is. Yeah, we said it. Like we said it last time out. He's top tier when it comes to one day cricket, and that get that just showcased everything. Uh, yeah, well, once again. Well, when we say they're the best in the world as well, we're not we're not just saying that because we're English. They score more runs. They average sixty, which is more than Shikhar Dhawan and Rohit do, and more than Finch and Warner, who are the the, the trio of good opening pairs. I think. Yeah. Uh, they score the runs way quicker, like a like a lot quicker. I think it's a run and over quicker than either of those. Um, those, those the, the other two duos, um, and in in their in their forty three matches together, they have thirteen one hundred partnerships, and a, and a, and our century partnership between those two is almost an instant win from an England point of view. Yeah, because it happens like, in about seven overs. Yeah, yeah, well it's that's phenomenal. it, isn't it? <laughs> I, the last game that was the aberration, but I bet if you went back and looked through all those century partnerships, that you probably got of those thirteen. What do you reckon? Eleven wins, probably something like that. Uh, yeah. They are they are a force. And speaking of force, Ben Stokes, um, what force did he use on the third umpire to convince the third <laughs> umpire that he wasn't out? Well, that was a Jedi mind These trick. These are not the droids you're looking <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> I am. I mean, like those. He was, he was so out. out. He was yeah, so yeah. out. <laughs> there was there was no bit of the bat behind the line. Right? We yeah. Is it is it a bit so when, when throughout this tour the umpiring has been I think on field's actually been pretty good and there was a bit of bit of hoo ha in the test matches apart from, apart from today apart yeah. from Richard Pant today yeah. <laughs> but there was a bit of there was a bit of hoo ha uh, with the third umpire around them not really knowing what to do in, in my head is there like two massive buttons in front of them 
because it could easily have been something where they pressed the wrong button today because no, there is no he, there, there's no way he talked way. through it he talked through it and he was like this it's not conclusive by the way it was like his bat isn't over the line <laughs> and the bayon is off the stump so that's the, the it's as conclusive as it could be so on the commentary they said that the bale lights up when it's dislodged but on it there is a there's there's a bit of time where the bale is clearly dislodged and, and then the it's light there is not on. yeah so surely do you base is the rule that you base it upon the light or do you base it upon the bale my my assumption is you base it on the bale i think the, it's the light now that they've got the is it i don't think it is in the rules i think it's if the bale is dislodged not in the rules but now they've got the lights they've been using the lights haven't what they what happens if the lights I mean, fail in the rules in the rules of cr- cricket apparently if you bowl the ball if you bounce it and it goes over the batsman's head, it's a no ball. But they just give wides. So I, I who knows? Yeah. Um, well, it, it, it was ludicrous. Yeah, he was definitely. He was definitely it up as they go along. Yeah. yeah. It was um, after that though. Pretty good. It was it was worth him being not out? I think. Uh, um, yes. I, I know. I know. It's like there's there's no justice for, in the for universe all, for all cricket fans, right? <laughs> Just, just <laughs> cricket fans in general should, yeah. should appreciate. <laughs> please, please head to head to our comments section or our Twitter and tell us how much you appreciated Ben Stokes not being out um, at that time. Because I mean, come on, like Max, talk us through the second half of this or the second twenty percent of that Stokes innings. Well, okay, so basically Ben Stokes was on fifty off. I think it was forty balls, and then ten minutes, yeah. ten minutes later, he was on ninety three or forty nine. <laughs> It that's, was amazing. That's just ridiculous. Did, did you see what the turning point was? It this this is for. And I've pinned pinned it down to one bit. So Kuldeep Yadav was coming in, and Kuldeep Yadav bowled one, and it it, um, it flicked past ben, ben Stokes and turned a little bit. Kuldeep Yadav roared at Ben Stokes. Do you see this? So yes. mid midway through, it, he went, and Rohit started laughing. And Gave all, him a bit, and and then all of a sudden something just went. Right, sod this. Kuldeep Yadav then went round the park. It was absolutely brutal. And yeah. the, the, the bit, so a, a lot on um, Twitter was kind of giving stick to Krunel Pandya and Kuldeep around that these guys are rubbish, kind of like Like, they're like, what, ninth and tenth best spinners in India right now? Like, India are playing kind of the, kind of those, you've got Ashwin, Jadeja, who, who else have we got? Um, Akshar Patel, Washington Sundar, Chahar, Chahal. Yeah, Shabazz Nadeem on uh, the, these showings. Rahul, um, Rahul Tuacha. Yeah, Tuacha. Um, Harbajan's probably bloody better than uh, Kuldeep <laughs> Yajan. Um, <laughs> Please, yeah. But, but look, you, um, you look at you look at that today. And, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly right. Or Chet, the fact that Chakravarti failed his fitness test and wasn't allowed <laughs> in the squads is quite funny. Um, but today, yeah, that Stokes hitting was what we saw. That's, that's why Stokes is revered and why he's so so, so powerful. Um, but Jack, I saw that you mentioned on Twitter around. Just because he could do this in ODI cricket and in Test cricket doesn't mean that he can always do it in T20 cricket. It's not always the answer. Is, is that no, something no. you're going to live and die by? Well, yeah, because he's faced 40 balls for 50 runs. In, in a T20, uh, if, if the run out had been given as it should have been given, that would have been an innings which negatively affected the mm-hmm. England overall score. And it's not... What you you want players who can start fast in T Twenty cricket because they're fail safe. If they if they're out after four balls, well they they might have added seven or eight runs to the total, so they're they're helping you progress towards a good score even when they they don't you know blast it everywhere. Players who start slow, what they do is basically regularly put the team under pressure. So even even the players who are most consistent, uh, and I'm thinking of one. In my mind, I'm not going to mention him, 
but everyone here knows who I'm talking about. He is, he, everyone says the guy is very consistent, but actually three out of four times, he doesn't go on to do, to, 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 to reach the portion of the innings where he is one of the best in the world. So three out of four times this guy bats, he's negatively affecting the potential score that that team can achieve or the team he is playing for can achieve. And that's, that's a, big thing to carry around with you it might be worth having them in your team surrounded by other hitters and we saw we've seen that work but you can't carry too many of those guys in your t20 side and you have to be aware that if you are carrying them they are going to often negatively negatively affect the, the outcome yeah. of that game from your, your your team's perspective and i think stokes probably falls into that category it takes him just a little bit too long to get going um, hopefully he can configure that out slightly, but I, I don't, I don't, and I, I think his upside uh, in terms of how he could maybe slot in at one, two, or three for England in the in the T20s, his upside there isn't as extreme as the upside probably of the three guys who are there at the moment. I mean, you can argue about David Milan maybe, but Jason Roy, Joss Butler. I don't think you can really move them after this series, particularly Joss Butler. I think you can maybe say Bearstow and Butler should be the openers, but statistically, any metric you look at, Butler should definitely be opening the batting for England. Number three, well, then you have the choice. I mean, you can maybe swap Stokes from Milan, but Stokes, Stokes has never really done it in T20 cricket, and he comes with probably more baggage from the perspective of, of slow starting. So mm. that's, that's what I think about Stokes. Stokes, after 50 balls, is probably the best hitter in the world. I mean, you know, it's hard to say that for sure. But if someone, if you were going to say to me, do you, who do you want like in and 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 had a, had fifty sighters? He's got to be. He's got to be on your <laughs> list. There. Virat Kohli's up there. Stokes is up there. Um, you know, like Andre Russell never really lasts fifty balls, does he? It's a different type yeah. of player. I love, I love, oh, yeah. I love, Chris, I love Chris Gale. I love Chris Gale. Uh, anyway, um, what, what we should remember, and Jack very nicely negotiated around um, kind of the identity of that person. So let's go back to Virat Kohli's performance in the ODI um, and, his, and, his ca- and his captaincy here, um, because he Boovy. Boov, Boov, I'm not going to try it because I'm an idiot, yeah. but Boovy. He should, there was a key point where it took a couple of wickets. England slipped. Max, you mentioned the wobble from 285 for one to 287 for four. Yeah. There was a bit there where if they were to get out Milan and well, Livingston batting Livingston, together. Yeah. Livingston on debut actually looked, yeah. looked completely brilliant, by the way. It looks completely at home, but we'll come back to that in a second. You're into Moeen Ali. You're into the tail. For some reason, Coley goes, and I don't want to have a go at Coley because he is a supreme ODI player. And There's you'll no get hammered on comments. I get hammered regardless of what I say. I said that Crunel Pandya wasn't that good and I had 50 messages telling me actually how good he is in the VJ Hazari trophy, which I now know how to say. Um, not that great of a competition, lad, sorry. Um, but in terms of... Oh, there we co- are. <laughs> in terms of... Cancelled. Uh, yeah, that's all right. In terms of that decision-making, he brought on Kuldeep Yadav and gave Crunel uh, an over. And it was just that kind of thing. The game was there for India. They could have done that kind of bit of a wobble and really put the kind of fear into England, um, at least to give them a chance. Um, but for some reason, he went to that. Do you know why he did that? Or was he thinking that it would just what, collapse completely? So he said after the game that Hardik can't bowl, which I think basically meant that everyone else had to bowl out. And I guess he didn't want to bowl them at the death because I don't know. I mean... <laughs> 
I think in the first ODR, I thought he captained India pretty well. He brought, yeah, yeah, agreed. I, agreed. He brought Boovy back at the right time. He put pressure on England at the right time and it helped to instigate a collapse. I don't really know what was going on today. I, I, I do think, to sort of some extent, that when players like Bairstow and Stokes are in and doing their thing on on an absolute road, there's not that much you can do about it unless you're like Mitchell Stark. There's, there's probably there's probably five bowlers in the world who you can turn to and expect something to expect to actually maybe get one of them out in in that scenario. Yeah. But, but when they get... are when they are both out and you're then bowling at David Milan and who's under oh, pressure okay. and Liam Livingston who's on debut, you have to that, that's that's where you have to have to I question think... really the logic of bringing back the those two the game was gone two bowlers the game yeah. was gone. Well, it was, it was probably, I mean, it was, it was like 99% gone, wasn't yeah. it? But there's still that glimmer, and that glimmer probably involves taking the last six wickets, doesn't it? If the game goes to 48, 49, 50 overs, you're not going to win it. So uh, that's yeah. the point where you go, well, well, let's just bowl out our best bowlers that we think are most likely to do something and see if we can sneak it. That, I mean, that, it, it was confusing to me that that's not what what he did in fairness Coldy might have been who Virat Kohli thought was most likely to take a wicket at that time maybe maybe once Bearstow and I, I don't think he was right but maybe once Bearstow and Stokes had gone he thinks okay well the two guys who were lining him up uh, have disappeared but you know we backed Coldy Yadav to be here as who we think is the the best available Indian spinner so mm. let's put him in to win us the game or to try yeah, yeah. the game, but that can be that must have been his thought process. Um, yeah, what, you're right. You're right. Yeah. What I, what I will say here um, is that this, I the, the way in England won this game basically justifies, in my mind, the the kind Where of they approach. play. Yeah. So we're yeah. like people after the last match were like, well, if England had just knocked it around for singles for the last twenty overs, then <laughs> then they'd have won. But but you're forgetting that in in trying to knock those singles, all of those singles, every time you try and play an attacking shot or a shot to score a run, you're you're taking a risk. And I think England demonstrated pretty clearly today that the risk in just blasting people for six or four isn't that much more than than trying to hit singles. And you don't have to hit as many. You don't have to play. You don't even have to hit the ball that many times to to chase this score if you if you do play aggressively. Um, and I think I think the other thing that 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 we probably learnt today was I know this is going to annoy people, but you know we're going to have to go down this alley because it is something that that we learnt or think that was was clearly demonstrated. England are just playing a better version of cricket than India. Like you can't you can't really in a, after watching that game justify the way India batted across their full 50 overs versus the way England batted. And I, I sort of touched upon this earlier um, in terms of saying if you score runs sort of early in your innings, they're worth the same number of runs later in your innings. Except that, you know, thinking about it, I'd probably go back to that and I would say if you score runs earlier in your innings, they're worth more. Because once you've scored those runs, if you yeah, haven't lost your the upper wickets, limit is higher. Yeah, if you haven't lost any wickets or you've lost a few wickets, you can go on and score loads more runs. And that's that's basically what England did today. Uh, I mean, yeah. if they'd been batting first, they could have scored 420 or something like that. And, it, and you wouldn't have been surprised at all, would you? No, well, no. There is a bit where India do not have... England and India do not have their full strength side out here. 
And I think in terms of if, if Boomer's playing, if Jadeja's playing, I mean, I don't think Ashwin plays ODI cricket anymore, but if those kind of players are playing, the your the the, the rebuttal to you, Jack, is saying that look, that wouldn't happen. This is England, this isn't even their top lineup at the moment in terms of batting, and they're still hitting like that. Livingston came in today, looked completely at ease, knew exactly what his role was, knew exactly what he was doing. That brand of cricket is it's just better. I, I agree, it's more entertaining, and I think it's going to pay dividends over that time period um, while we work our way to the 2030 World Cup or whatever the next one is. <laughs> I, has a, what I would say is it has a slightly higher chance of failure. So, I yeah, mean, but it, but you've, when got, it succeeds, you've got on the you one win. hand... Yeah, this on is the it. one hand, yeah, well, that's the thing. You, you, you basically the trade-off is a slightly higher risk that it might all go wrong and you get bowled out for whatever two twenty, two thirty. But with the proviso that you also give yourself the opportunity to win the game at the halfway stage, basically, if you're batting first, what? or or be able to chase down almost anything that the other is almost like it gives your bowlers a lifeline, really, and that's kind of how England have have done so well over the last few years because their bowling lineup hasn't always been that great we talked about it a bit and the batsmen have often got got the bowlers out of jail so it just gives you those the extra option to to win a game whereas consistently scoring 300 probably wins you fewer games because of the way that other teams can play and score and make those chases that easily yeah i'd say that's 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 a, a good summary like you if, but playing the way india play you'll very rarely be out of a game at the halfway stage but you're not going to win very many automatically and and england regularly like today beat a team by miles but like yeah. it just wasn't a contest really was it i mean i know there are plenty of england fans who will be sitting around there'll probably be some indian fans who are like oh well when stokes and and bairstow around it's like no that's only because of the recency bias of the last game where where england fell apart from a position where they should have won they were 95 yeah. and if you do win. look at those wickets three of them were someone driving it straight at extra cover yeah or yeah. and or trying to hit a single so i i, I think what you got today was a demonstration of two probably reasonably equal teams in terms of talent um but with different strategies and an example of how the more effective batting strategy will will win you more games. Um, I will refer to a good friend of the podcast, Daniel Gallon, on on this. He came on our show before Christmas, do you remember? And he said, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but he said, in his view, this England side are one of the greatest sports teams in the world. Uh, and I think he said sort of ever. I think he said maybe one of the best sports teams in cricket history. Um I don't know if that's 100% true. Um, I think they've got some excellent players. I think their strategic idea is light years ahead of teams like India and Australia. Fellas, just before we we wrap up on, on, on this bit and go on to some Twitter questions, assuming this England team have got their full 11 out and they're playing this way, where do you rate them in the history of white ball cricket, Ross? Um well, I think what's been clear, if it's on flat decks, if, you, if you're playing in England, if you're playing in Australia, New Zealand, whatever, then there's there's almost no beating this team when they're in full flow. I think today it was a bit of a different track to what we saw in the T20 games. And I think England still need to prove themselves in the subcontinent with this approach because India did beat England, right, in that, in that T20. England had pretty much the full strength side out. India didn't, and they beat us 3-2. Um, they beat us in the last ODI. And the, the bit for world fans that need to understand this podcast, we find it hilarious where England collapse. Like they, they, like it's just part and parcel of the game. You just have to go along for that ride. Um, so I think they need to win the World Cup in, uh, in what, September, October time in India to be put into that bracket. Max? 
Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It's not well, it's not a summer. It's not a complete summer without England collapsing at least once, is it? We should remember that. But I think the point about a team being one of the best ever, they have to be almost untouchable, don't they? And it's very difficult to be untouchable in cricket because there are so many different factors, such as playing overseas, playing in the subcontinent, playing in Australia, etc., etc. But we, yeah, we need a little bit more evidence that England uh, are consistently that hard to beat all over the world and maybe you know it's just just one world cup we've seen we need a, a couple more and then maybe we can talk about it but i think um, they've got the makings of a team that could be that good and that revered throughout history but they're not there yet so i think there are two things when it comes to greatness one you both hit on a great point they have only won one tournament and they will need to win more to be in that bracket I, I don't think it's about being undefe- unbeatable because the nature of white ball cricket means that you lose quite regularly. I mean, even Mumbai Indians yeah. lost well, a bunch it's sort of matches the, the, this year. That, sp- that spectre of being unbeatable, not necessarily yeah. being well, unbeatable. Well, I think in but, tournaments, you know, going you're... into a game like where you've already got a yeah. mental advantage over the team because they feel so up against it, like the Australian team. I think the, the other thing, and possibly the thing that England have accomplished, is that you have to change the sport. Um, like people have to start kind of emulating you and and, and, hmm. and and there has to be a sort of level of reverence directed at you. And I think England are probably at that stage. Just need a few more trophies. We are doing quite a long pod here, boys. So let's rattle through some Twitter questions because we had a lot. So quick answers. Um, Max, were you happy with Butler's captaincy from Yash? Uh, I, I, no. No, I wasn't because <laughs> we left Reese Topley with two overs left at the end and Tom Curran bowled 10. I don't know why we didn't bowl Reese Topley through. I don't know if it's a trust thing or, you know, he's not played that much cricket. So maybe they were a bit uh, wary of, of giving him those overs. But he, in those death overs, he showed that he was probably the man we should have turned to earlier. So I would say, um, from particularly from that point of view, it was a letdown. And then it wasn't his captaincy, but that drop was so bad. It just, just shits all over anything he did today anyway. <laughs> This is uh, why Ross. Ben Stokes should be in the team. Text Ross. us immediately. <laughs> um, Not a one-day team. Tech, tech to your timeline. That's a, a good name. Um, I wonder where, who named you that. Um, uh, was this a lesson to the Indian team about why they should be picking Ravi Ashwin? Um, well, I th- it is difficult, right? Because both teams haven't got their full-strength side out. So uh, there is a there is a bit where you don't know who's actually in that player pool in terms of their first selection. My opinion is that Ravi Ashwin should be playing all three formats for India. The, the guy is supremo and he works works things out. And we'll see, hopefully, when he might... Is, is, has Pant been announced as Delhi, Delhi Capital's captain for Australia? Uh, it'd be great to see if Ashwin was there, but um, I, I just think Ashwin should be in this side. Uh, Silver Hall and Anouk basically asked the same question, and we can all answer this. What was par on that pitch batting first, Max? Uh, 360. Ross? I reckon you should hit. I reckon if England were batting first, there with that, with that contingent in that England, attitude. England aren't England aren't par though. Yeah. Okay. I was, so, a, I was a four hundred pitch. I think I split the difference three seventy five. That was like it was over seven and over, but I don't mm. know, eight and over is pretty mental. I think if you're ever doing that in a fifty over game, you're above par. Um, Even on a pitch like that, there's so much that can go wrong when you're chasing yeah. that many runs. Vinay says, uh, and I'll answer this one, is Johnny Bairstow England's best IDI opening bat ever? Um, I, th- I think he probably is, isn't he? Trescothic yeah. would be the only one I'd, I'd maybe even throw into that ring and different eras and stuff. But I think Bairstow, you know, is probably the best in the world at the moment right yeah, now. I'd agree. Um, 
And another one from Vina. He, he's done well. So he's got two <laughs> questions <prolific>. here. <laughs> Should Ben Stokes continue to bat at three for England going forward? I'm going to say no. It's still Root. Max? Nah, Root. Ross? I, oh, yeah. I, I, like having, I like having Ben Stokes come in as that sort of like second, second option when he can do that, that job under pressure. Um, final question then from the mask. I think this is quite an interesting one. Uh, so I know chasing is the craze nowadays, he says. But why don't England bat first if they win the toss? Which, which they are likely to do. <laughs> um, clearly, England are going to go hell, to level, le- uh, hell for leather and uh, are, reg- are likely to get 400 regularly. Um, why don't they bat first, Ross? So I think um, we, we kind of touched upon it on the last show, but I think it's around the, the bowling that they've they've got at their disposal. I think they feel like their batting is so much stronger, but I think there's probably a trust thing with their bowling unit. Like we've seen every single one of the bowlers bar Jofra go round the park so far. I mean, even Rashid's took it. I think Rashid's been okay as well. Um, but I think that's the difference. England trust their batting to chase down any target rather than trusting their bowling to defend any target. So I would take a different view on that, actually. I don't think it's necessarily a trust thing. Um, I think that strategically, England know other teams get it so wrong against them that it is all, they'll always be playing against teams that are way under par. So India today went along like they were playing Bangladesh or West Indies or something like that. They were like, oh, if we get 330, there's no chance the other team are going to get it. And England got it, you know, with 15 or 20% of their overs left. If England bat first and get 400, then India know that they have to get 400. And so they don't play. They don't waste quite a lot of deliveries uh, and the whole power play you know, meandering around going, oh, you know, like we've got to build a nice platform here. Because <laughs> what's, that's, the, what's this? <laughs> well, that's, that's, um, that was, uh, I don't know, uh, Rohit Sharma meandering through the power play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I, so I, I think you got 25 off 25, so that's probably a bit harsh. Yeah, but yeah. but um, I, I think that's, if, if I was, if I, game theory wise, um, there's mm. probably an element of like, uh, well, if we, if we yeah. we can we we if we go first, then they know what they know what we can do. If if not, yeah. then they'll just play it like it's a normal cricket match, and suddenly we'll be beasting sixes. Um. Even aside from whether it's a question about people getting it wrong against England, there's also just from the point of view of batting first, you still kind of need to work out what a good score is, and that takes a little bit of working mm-hmm. out what the pitch is doing and the conditions. So there's always there's always like twenty thirty runs that might get left out there from from that point of view as well. So I'd, yeah. I'd like I like that as a reason. Um, that. Wraps things up. Uh, thanks, Mask0101. I thought that was a good good final question. Um, we'll say goodbye, and as we do so, predict Sunday. So I'm going to say goodbye. I think England are going to take it 2-1. I think England are a little bit reliant still on the uh, the A-team players. And if you get a couple of them out, India, India are still good. Max? Uh, I believe I said 2-1 before the series started to India. So I will I will stick with that. I think we'll... Lose the toss, and that will be our undoing. Uh, I reckon it's going to be what four hundred and well, nearly five hundred days without a Kohli century, and England are going to take it two one. Oh, there we are. Thanks very much for listening. Like oh, and subscribe. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.